All right, I think it's on. I think we're doing it. The dot is there, so I think we're good. Cool. All right, so I'm going to pray first, and then we're going to jump right into everything. So, um, Papa, thank you so much for today. Thank you that you are so good um, all the time, and all the time you are good. Um, thank you for McKinley and all the babies, because I love you guys so much. I'm so happy you're here. Um, thank you for stellar, stellar worship. Um, thank you for our new friend who came and sang with us today. Woo-hoo! Love, love, love. Um, also, you have an incredible gift. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Um, thank you that this day has just been peaceful um, and filled with joy for me. Um, and uh, I just want to pray that, uh, God, you give all things to my remembrance as I do this teaching. Um, and I'm just really excited to share this with you guys. So um, just want to give all the glory, honor, and praise to God. Amen. Amen. So um, we are going to do things a little backwards. We're going to start with the end result first. So take a look at the testimony wall. Walk over there. Bye. Go look at it. Go. Look at it right now. Bye. Go ahead. Everybody have to go. Go. Yep. Go ahead. Go look at it. I will be the caboose. That's the glory. Go ahead, Ryan. Go ahead, Hannah. I see you. Hannah's not my name. Hannah Rose. Oh my gosh. Oh, oh. Some good so uh-huh. oh yeah well, that's right. Right. Oh, my oh my goodness <laughs> this is all recording <laughs> Yes. Yeah, for our friends of ours who are listening to us online and cannot see what we are doing, we actually have a testimony wall in this house. And um, we encourage all of our friends and family to write down on the little sticky notes that we have and actually put them on the wall of all the really cool things that God has been doing in our lives. So that's what everyone is doing right now. Yep, thank you for your patience. All right, so friends, when you are ready, come on back and have a seat. Okay. Oh, oh, I know. All right, so remember, we started with the end first. That is our goal right there. So keep that in mind as we continue to talk. Those testimonies up there is the goal. That's what we are focusing on. So, my first question for you guys. How are you today? Good. Good? Why? Yeah? Tell me more. Yeah? Yeah? Good. 
Good. Oh my gosh. Good. I'm glad. All right, Elijah. How was your day? Crazy. Yeah. Why was it crazy? Been running around since 6 a.m. Good. Um, and this is these crackers are the first thing I've eaten today. Well, good. So, I'm glad that. So I had a red chicken for lunch. Well, good. But other than that, it's been pretty good. Yeah. Good. It was not unusually busy, which is yeah. Good. And I'm here, so I'm surrounded. You are. I think like it, which is nice. But <laughs> Good. Hannah, how was your day? It was good. Uh, I got to go to your Town Beach, which was fun and mm -hmm. relaxing. Um, and spent some quality time with my boyfriend. That was nice. Yeah. And now I'm here. Yeah. Woo. Cool. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> how about you, Katie? Oh, how am I? I am. I am doing. I'm going to use my word again, stellar. Um, because I love doing this teaching in particular. Um, because the enemy hates it so much. And this is one of my favorite things to be like, suck it. This is mine. Because um, we're going to be talking about celebration, celebrating God, celebrating people, celebrating ourselves. Because um, all of those things are things that we have been called to do. Um, so my question of how was your day has purpose to it. Um, because everything that you say has power. Now, a lot of times when we communicate with each other, it's a very simple, oh, how was your day? Oh, it was good. End of conversation. Well, that was dumb. What made it a good day? How do you know it was actually good? If we say God is good and God wasn't in your day, then was it a good day? No. <laughs> the answer to that is no. No, it wasn't. But if you know God was in your day, then yeah, it's a good day. So that's something to already think about. What you say has power. So yes, hopefully your day was a good day. And if it wasn't, it's not over yet. So, why do we celebrate? I'll wait. <laughs> That's fine. If you got an answer, don't hide it. Share it with the group. Is for things that we rejoice over. There's a lot to be thankful about. for. Amen. Because we can. Mm -hmm. We have a choice to celebrate. Yeah. We have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, sir. Because <laughs> uh, the joy of the war is our strength. And a joyful heart's good medicine. Amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes. So, also think about what didn't go so great this week. And then think about what are you thankful for from this week? Are you still thankful for those things that were awful this week?
Are you still thankful for when you don't feel your best and you don't feel like God is with you right now? That's tough. That is so tough to do that. And believe me, I will be the first to admit I can very easily fall into self-pity and have those moments of just like, it just throw up the balloons. I'm going to have my own pity party. It's going to be terrible. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I am. Woo! And then, thank God I have Ronnie, because he has this little magic pin that he walks around with and goes, boop, 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 boop. Nope. Not today. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I have mine, and I do it to him, too. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then we use each other to realize, oh, man, you know what? I am thankful for that terrible thing that happened because I learned this or I was able to experience this or that trial or that tribulation has strengthened my skin to say, screw you, enemy. I can do better than that. Um, so our very first scripture is going to come from, and we're going to focus a lot on this particular one, First Corinthians Chapter 12, verses 12 uh, through 27. All right. We all there? If you need a Bible, we also have plenty. Um, My recommendation also is to actually have a Bible in your hands. Because it makes it, yes, yeah, so you can use your phone if you want to, Cameron. Thank you. Um, and to have something actually in your hands so that it is tangible in front of you, you are also not distracted by everything else that may or may not be going on in the room. Because um, that's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to be distracted from this. Because like I said, he does not like celebrations. True. So he's going to try and do everything in his power to not let us celebrate tonight. This is first Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 27. Anyone who has a new King James, it is entitled, Unity and Diversity in One Body. Yeah. (laughs) For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so is also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact the body is not one member, but many. If the root should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, Where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No. Much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on those we bestow greater honor. And our unprecedented parts have greater modesty. But the presentable parts have no need. 
but God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. Let that sink in. (laughs) I love this particular analogy because you can think of literally your own body. And you can probably think back to high school biology. Good times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's okay. (laughs) I can lend you some of my science books. (laughs) But if you remember, obviously there are many different parts that make up a body, and if you take away one part of the body, it is no longer a successful, healthy body. Um, And I love that Paul says that that's who we are. We all come together as one body. Now, if we focus on verse 26, and whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Um, I loved doing uh, word studies, so I broke this down so that um, there were particular words that I chose to help give a better definition of what this really means for us as a body. Thank you, McKinley. I appreciate your input. Um, One of the words is member, which is the Greek word melos. Um, For anyone who wants to look it up in the Strong's Concordance, it is G3196. It means a member, limb, a member of the human body. Another word that I chose was the word suffer which is the Greek word uh, pasho. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, Again, it is G3958. It means to be affected or to have been affected, to feel, have a sensible experience, to undergo, in a bad sense, to suffer sadly, to be in bad plight of a sick person. Then the word honored. It is the Greek word uh, doxazo. That's cool. Um, G1392. It means to think, suppose, be of opinion, to praise, extol, magnify, celebrate, to honor, to do honor, to hold in honor, to make glorious, adorn with luster, clothe with splendor, to impart glory uh, to something, to render it excellent, to make renowned, render uh, illustrious, to cause the dignity and worthy of some person or thing to become manifest and acknowledged. Yeah, that's a long definition. For one word. Now that word actually comes from the root word doxa, which is G1391, which is an opinion, judgment, view, opinion, estimate, whether good or bad concerning someone. In the New Testament, it is always a good opinion concerning one, resulting in praise, honor, and glory, splendor, brightness of the moon, sun, and stars, magnificence, excellence, preeminence, Dignity, grace, majesty, a thing belonging to God, the kingly majesty which belongs to him as supreme ruler. 
majesty in the sense of the absolute perfection of deity, a thing belonging to Christ, the kingly majesty of the Messiah, the absolutely perfect inward or personal excellency of Christ, the majesty of the angels as apparent in their exterior brightness, a most glorious condition. And it goes on. I'm not even finished with that definition. It just keeps going, it keeps going, it keeps going. And that comes from another root word, dokeo, G138. To be of opinion, think, suppose, to seem, to be accounted, reputed. It, uh, it seems to me, I think, judge, thus in the question. So putting all of those three definitions together, um, I came up with what it means to be honored. Celebrated by God, um, clothing someone in splendor that belongs to God. And then I chose the word rejoice. Um, uh, I'm not entirely sure how to say this one. Sigario. You guys believe me, so that's fine. Um, G4796. Um, to rejoice with, take part in another's joy. To rejoice together. To congratulate. That comes from the root word sign. G4862, with, beside, to accompany. And the other root word, um, chario, G5463, to rejoice, be glad, to rejoice exceedingly, to be well, thrive in salvations, hail, with an exclamation point. That was in the Strong's, just so you know. Um, At the beginning of the letters, to give one greeting or salute. So uh, putting those together, I have then defined what 1 Corinthians 12.26 means. When someone in the body or family of Christ undergoes a negative experience, everyone in the body or family of Christ experiences it. When someone in the body or family of Christ is celebrated by clothing them in splendor because they belong to God, everyone in the body or family of Christ takes part in that person's joy and all thrive. Things to think about. You're welcome. I love to do. I love to do word studies. Love doing this. Um, it's kind of like my own version of the message. Is what it really comes down to. Um, and then similar is Romans twelve fifteen. Which says, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. So rejoice is the same word in there. And the word weep is a little bit different. It's the word kleo G2798, which means of uncertainty, to wail aloud, to bewail, to weep. Um, And it actually even mentioned in the Strong's that there is another word to weep, but to weep quietly. So this is to weep out loud. Um, to wail. Because if you think of someone who's like wailing, oh my goodness, it is out loud. (laughs) So that means that if somebody in our family is having a terrible time, we are all having a terrible time. But if somebody is rejoicing, like McKinley, then we all get to rejoice. One of my favorite things to do is watch people watch babies and how much they change, and how excited they get, and how all of a sudden just their whole demeanor is just childlike. Mm -hmm. 
and they want to celebrate this baby. Which is why I love having her here. Because I love watching you guys turn into giant bowls of mush. It's the greatest thing in the whole world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's like, I can curve. <laughs> <laughs> so there are three main things that we are going to focus on um, where can we find celebrations of God's goodness us celebrating God we do that very evidently through our worship through our praise but what does that look like in the word um, so if somebody wants to read for us Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. Noah, go for it. <laughs> I think it means in the beginning. What do you think? <laughs> mm-hmm. And God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Yes. So good. The first page is on Exodus. Oh, sorry. Uh, one that is Bibles. one of the. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> You know how to get out of your slavery, but you definitely don't know where you came from. So why do you think we read that? Why do you think we read about God creating us? And having that to do with celebrating who he is? Because we're celebrating who he is. Yeah. Absolutely. We wouldn't be here if God said, hey, I have an idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got this great idea. Are you saying that I'm a God idea? <laughs> yeah. I'm a big deal. Yeah. So because God created us in his image, that is something worth celebrating. That's truly knowing who you are to be like, whoa, Papa, what up? Yes. Thank you. You created me. You created me. Every last little detail. Me. What? And you are the only one who knows me in and out. Ronnie doesn't even know me as much as God does. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Good. Good. I'm glad we're in a in a happy mood. Um another one, um, literally all of Psalms. If you want to know what celebrations look like, read all of Psalms. Do not skip a word. Um the word rejoice actually occurs fifty-four times. 
about four hours to listen to the Book of Psalms from your Bible app if you're at work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're at work. <laughs> yep. Only if you're at work. Yes. Takes three and a half if you're. Wow. Yes. It takes about five if you're in stop and go travel. Yes. Um, But all of it is totally worth it. Totally worth it. All of Psalms. Um, We will actually be talking about some of the uh, Psalms um, more specifically. Um, And I just love Psalms because of just how cool David was, um, and just how much he wanted to share with all of us, with uh, how much he wanted to celebrate God, and how much he wanted to celebrate how God was just so good. Um, We can also look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Who wants to do that one? Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. All right, who knows that song? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say I will rejoice. Love that song. And I think it's funny, a lot of people don't realize that it's literally word for word scripture. Um, But it is so important. Um, That same word rejoice is there again. That um, God says rejoice. Paul was writing. Rejoice. To rejoice is to bring joy back. So if you didn't have it to begin with, good. Rejoice. Get it back. Bring it forward. Celebrate. Um, the same goes for uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. Um, that one is very similar. Oops. Um, which says, just rejoice always. That whole little section right there in chapter 5, verses 12 through 22, um, if you're uh, reading a New King James, it's called the various exhortations. Um, does anyone know what an exhortation is? Yes. Is uh, celebration and encouragement of someone. Yes, yes. Going back to celebrations. If it's underneath that list of what it means to celebrate and it says to rejoice, let's do it. Let's rejoice. God has also called us to celebrate ourselves. That can be really hard to do sometimes. Especially since we've learned so much about self-pity and comparison, envy and jealousy, um, even just self-doubt. That can be really hard to do. Again, all of Psalms, if you want to know what it means to celebrate yourself. Because there were so many times where David was like, I don't know what I'm doing! What's happening with my life? Wait, God is good! God, you created me! I can be good too! Yes! Selah. <laughs> like Psalms, right there. There we go. We got it. <laughs> um, Mark, chapter 12, verses 29 through 31. Who wants that one? Mark, chapter 12, 
verses 29 through 31. Yes! And Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. All right, so who has heard of that before? How many of you guys actually live that? Yeah. A lot of times we're ready to be like, oh, yeah, my friend did this. But it's hard to celebrate if you haven't been celebrated. It's hard to give what you don't have. If I don't have love to give, if I try to give you love, I give you nothing. I actually gave you nothing. So God says, you can't love your neighbor until you love you. Part of you loving you is celebrating those victories that you have. One of Savannah's favorite things to do is celebrate her victories, and it is so encouraging. I love it. I adore it. It's one of my favorite things about her. She is so good at it. It's fun. <laughs> it is. And I love celebrating with her. But she loves celebrating me too. When it's my turn to have that victory. And we're like, yes, dance party. <laughs> it's so great. So it's okay to celebrate you. In fact, God wants you to celebrate you. It's not selfish. He told you to do it. It's not selfish. He told you to do it. <laughs> so it's important to do it. Um, we are going to read all of Acts 2. The whole thing. You want to read it, Cameron? Go for it. All of my, like, I have little notes that I write to myself as I do my little studies on, like, random things. Like, this is a piece of mail, and it keeps falling out of my Bible. Sorry, guys. <laughs> the whole thing. Go for it. On the day Pentecost was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered in one place. Suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering it was all anyone could bear. Then all at once a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire then engulfed each one of them. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. Now at that time there were Jewish worshippers who had immigrated from many different lands to live in Jerusalem. When the people of the city heard the roaring crowd, or roaring sounds, crowds came running to where it was coming from, stunned over what was happening, because each one could hear the disciples speaking in his or her own language. Bewildered, they said to one another, Aren't these all Galileans? So how is it that we can hear them speaking in our own languages? We are northeastern Iranians, northwestern Iranians, Elamites, and those from Mesopotamia, Judea, east central Turkey, the coastal areas of the Black Sea, Asia, north central Turkey, southern Turkey, Egypt, Libyans, who are neighbors of Cyrene, visitors from all over the Roman Empire, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. 
Yet we hear them speaking of God's mighty wonders in our own dialects. They all stood there, dumbfounded and astounded, saying to astonished. I'm not astounded. <laughs> Sorry, guys. That's a long verse. They all stood there, dumbfounded and astonished, saying to one another, What is this phenomenon? But others poked fun at them and said, They're just drunk on new wine. Peter stood up with the eleven apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, my fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. You need to clearly understand what's happening here. These people are not drunk like you think they are, for it's only nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> this is the fulfillment of what was prophesied through the prophet Joel. For God says, this is what I will do in the last days. I will pour out my spirit on everybody and cause your sons and daughters to prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will experience dreams from God. The Holy Spirit will come upon all my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. I will reveal startling signs and wonders in the sky above and mighty miracles on the earth below. Blood and fire and pillars of clouds will appear. For the sun will be turned dark and the moon blood red before that great and awesome appearance of the day of the Lord. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Peter continued, People of Israel, listen to the facts. Jesus the Victorious was a man on a divine mission whose authority was clearly proven. For you know how God performed many miracles, signs, and wonders through him. This man's destiny was prearranged, for God knew that Jesus would be handed over to you to be crucified, and that you would execute him on a cross by the hands of lawless men. Yet it was all part of his predetermined plan. Uh, God destroyed the cords of death and raised him up, because it was impossible for death's power to hold him prisoner. This is the very thing David prophesied about him. I continually see the Lord in front of me. He's at my right hand, and I am never shaken. No wonder my heart is glad and my glory celebrates. My mouth is filled with his praises, and I have hope that my body will live. Because you will not leave my soul among the dead, nor will you allow your sacred one to experience decay. For you have revealed to me the pathways to life, and seeing your face fills me with euphoria. That's a good one. Passion translation is good. (laughs) It's so good. The more I read it, the more I'm like, ah, it's so good. My fellow Jews, I can tell you there is no doubt that our noted patriarch has both died and been buried in this tomb, which remains to this day. So you can see that he was not referring to himself with those words. But as a prophet, he knew God's faithful promise, made with God's unbreakable oath, that one of his descendants would take his throne. So when peering into the future, David prophesied of the Messiah's resurrection. And God revealed to him that the Messiah would not be abandoned to the realm of death, nor would his body experience decay. Can't you see it? God has resurrected Jesus, and we all have seen him. Then God exalted him to his right hand upon the throne of highest honor. And the Father gave him the authority to send the promised Holy Spirit, which is being poured out upon us today. This is what you're seeing and hearing. David wasn't the one who ascended into heaven, but the one who prophesied. The Lord Jehovah said to my Lord, I honor you by enthroning you beside me, until I make your enemies a footstool beneath your feet. Now everyone in Israel can know for certain that Jesus, whom you crucified, is the one that God, one God has made both Lord and Messiah. When they heard this, they were crushed and realized what they had done to Jesus. Deeply moved, they said to Peter and the other apostles, What do we need to do, brothers? Peter replied, Repent and turn to God, and each one of you must be baptized in the name of Jesus, the Anointed One, to have your sins removed. Then you may take hold of the gift of the Holy Spirit. For God's promise of the Holy Spirit is for you and your families. God's promise of the Holy Spirit is for you and your families, for those yet to be born, and for everyone who the Lord our God calls Himself. Peter preached to them and warned them with these words: "Be rescued from the wayward and perverse culture of this world." 
Those who believed the word that day numbered 3,000. They were all baptized and added to the church. We're in the home stretch. <laughs> yes. Every believer was faithfully devoted to the following to following the teachings of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion and coming together regular, regularly for prayer. A deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers were in fellowship as one body, and they shared with one another whatever they had. Out of generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who were in need among them. Daily they met together in the temple courts and in one another's homes to celebrate communion. They shared yes. meals together with joyful hearts and tender humility. They were continually filled with praises to God, enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were coming to life. Oh, oh man. That's awesome. I love it so Acts chapter 2 is incredibly important. I love that um, at the end of the chapter it says a vital church grows. A vital church. Now, Pentecost was something that the Jews had already celebrated. Um, it didn't become a Christian holiday until this day. Until this. Now, if you think about that phrase, one accord, one accord, not a car, it's a lame joke, everyone says it, oh my gosh, literally everybody, one accord, I got it, it's fun, yeah, but one accord, to be in one accord. This day of Pentecost happened so miraculously because they were in one accord. They were all together in the upper room, all in agreement, all celebrating. God, themselves, other people, the world, what Jesus had done for them, they were all on the same page. This day would have never happened if they were not on the same page. Which means that we... As the body, as this family, need to be on the same page. If we're not, it's evident. Things aren't working. But it is evident when it is working because you have nights like tonight where those prophetic words are just coming out of nowhere. And you have people having this like moment of, oh my gosh, I don't even know where it's coming from. It's just coming out of my mouth. How cool is that? That's because you're in one accord with the body. That happens so freely for you to do that when we are all on the same page. That's something to celebrate. We just lived that tonight. We lived that moment of Pentecost tonight. Not many churches can say they can do that. So that's something worth celebrating. And you are a part of that. You played a huge role in that. If you didn't, we wouldn't be in one accord. It wouldn't have happened. Which means every single person in this room did something tonight to play their part. That's awesome. 
That is so awesome. That's something worth celebrating. I love it. And some of us weren't even here last week or the week before. Don't matter. Yeah. We're all here now. Yeah. Yep. I love it. Acts 2, so good. Ah. <laughs> we are all in one accord. Um, Philippians chapter 2, verse 16. Elijah, would you want to do that one for me, please? It's chapter 2, what? Verse 16. All right. Holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Ah, yes. What you're doing matters. What victories you have matter. There is no insignificant thing in your life. It all has purpose. You're all here for a reason. Never let anyone or the enemy tell you otherwise. Because again, if we weren't in one accord, that would have not have happened. It wouldn't. So at some point this evening, everyone had the thought of, I have purpose. I am here. God, you are so good. Yes. How cool. That just gets me really excited. And I just love telling that to people. Like, yes, we are here. Your life has a meaning. It has, it has purpose. It seriously, it has purpose. And I love that it starts off with, I mean, technically it's in the middle of a sentence, which I don't normally like to do because there's so many important things around it. But for the purpose of this teaching, holding fast the word of life. Well, this is it right here. This is the word of life. This is where you're going to get all of it right here. And the word of life says celebrate, darn it. (laughs) So do it. That's what it says. (laughs) And of course, rejoice always in the day that God has made. Woo! Yes. Now... This is um, something I know that I have uh, struggled with because of what I really struggle with in celebrating myself is celebrating others. So where can we find celebrations of the body? Um, uh, we're going to start off in Exodus. and do old school. Nice. Exodus 17, verse 12. Anything you got? <laughs> 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 More than you missed. <laughs> Chelsea, you want to read it? I got you. Go, girl. But Moses' hands were heavy, and they shook, or sorry, and they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat thereon, and Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands. The one on the one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. Alright, so who knows what's happening in this story right now? Noah? What's happening? Uh, Israel's fighting a battle. Yes. And as long as Moses has his hands up in praise, they will win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if they drop, they will lose. So we get to lose. Mm-hmm. And it has to keep them up until... 
stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so what was happening specifically here? Oh. We know that, no, no, that was perfect because that's right. why we need to set up the story. Because yeah. otherwise it just sounds weird. Moses has his hands up. Um. What you doing? Like, what? He has his hands up. So why were his hands dropping? Oh my gosh, we get tired sometimes. That's crazy. What? Even Moses got tired. Now Moses, of course, was trying to be as obedient as he possibly could, but he needed help. He needed his friends, he needed his family to literally hold his arms up and say, I got you, we're a team, let's celebrate this victory together because it's going to happen. God told us it was going to happen, and here we are standing together to make it happen. What if we celebrated the victory before it happened? What if we celebrated and said, this is mine before it was in your hands? How much different would you look at your life? As opposed to looking back on it to say, wow, that was a victory. That was a celebration. Yeah. Why not celebrate now? Why not hold each other's arms up now and celebrate now? That would be so different. Our world would be so different. How many more people would be in one accord with each other if we could do that right now? Also, all of Exodus, guys. So good. Love, love, love it. Um, Here is a book that I also love and adore that a lot of people forget, but it is insanely important. That's the book of Esther. So who would like to read Esther for me? It doesn't have to be a lady. It can be, though, if it wants to be. Monica? Hey, girl. No, I'm not going to make you read the whole thing. No, Esther, no, Esther chapter 9. It's hidden. Good. All right, where? All right, so Esther chapter 9. Sorry. <laughs> Esther chapter 9, verses 19 through 27. 19 through 27. All right. 19? Mm-hmm. Therefore, the Jews of the village who dwelt in the unwalled towns celebrated the 14th day of the month of Adar with gladness and feasting as a holiday for sending presents to one another. And Mordecai wrote these things and sent letters to all the Jews near and far who were in all the provinces of King Ahasuerus to establish among them that they should celebrate yearly the 14th and 15th days of the month of Adar as the days on which the Jews had rest from their enemies as the month which was turned from sorrow to joy for them, and from mourning to a holiday, that they should make them days of feasting and joy, of sending presents to one another and gifts to the poor. So the Jews accepted the custom which they had begun, as Mordecai had written to them. Because Haman the son of 
Hamadatha, the yes. Agagite, the enemy of all the Jews, had plotted against the Jews to annihilate them, and had cast Pur, that is, the lot, to consume them and destroy them. But when Esther came before the king, he commanded by letter that this wicked plot which Haman had devised against the Jews should return on his own head, and that he and his son should be hanged on the gallows. So they called these days Purim, after mm -hmm. the name Pur. Therefore, because of all the words of the, this ladder, letter, which they had sorry, wasn't it? Which they had seen concerning this matter and what had happened to them, the Jews established and imposed that it upon themselves and their descendants and all who would join them that without fail they should celebrate these two days every year according to the written instructions and according to the prescribed time. Yes. All right. Who is familiar with Esther? <coughs> Corinne. What happens in Esther? Why is she important? Love you, boys. So, uh, Esther, through a series of events, becomes queen. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, Mordecai, the king's assistant, second command. Um, wants to annihilate the Jews. Well, Mordecai is her, is Esther's oh, sorry. cousin. What's his name? Um, Haman. Haman. Yeah. Haman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mordecai. Oh, yeah. So Haman wants to annihilate all the Jews. Um, and the king approved. Uh, so Esther is Jewish, and so she ends up going to the king a few times. Well, almost coming a few times. And finally talks to the king, and he listens to her and um, saves the Jews. Yes. So, there. Yes. Yes, I know. <laughs> A bridge version. Yay! <laughs> yes. So Esther is um, incredibly important because um, <clears throat> she married into royalty of not Jewish royalty at all. Um, and just like Corinne was saying, um, this man who was in great power was trying to kill all the Jews because um, he had uh, a vendetta against Mordecai, which was kind of dumb, but whatever, and wanted to just wipe them all out. Esther, in her obedience and with great patience, <laughs> was able to approach the king. And because of her obedience, she saved all of the Jewish people at that time. Mm -hmm. Every last one of them. Which is insane, because if you think about this time period, it was a woman. It was a woman who did it. So, also, it doesn't matter what your gender is. You can do really cool things. Yes. <laughs> Because God created men and women to do things that the other can't, which is great. It's why we work together. It's why we're a team. It's why it's called coming together as one flesh. Ronnie can do things that I can't do, and I can do things that Ronnie can't do. And it's great. <laughs> it is. It's great. Because there are things that Ronnie is so good at that I don't want to be good at because he's got it. He's good at it. He takes the lead. It's great. 
And then there are things that I'm good at that Ronnie says, hey, babe, I trust you. You got this one. So Esther, <laughs> yes, <laughs> Esther takes the lead on this because she's being obedient to who her family was, Mordecai, um, and what God told her to do, which I think is insanely cool. And then because of what she did, because of her obedience, all the Jewish people are saved and now have this insane celebration to say, yes, God is so good. He is so faithful. Thank you for working through this incredible woman. And we are able to have this awesome celebration every year because of how cool Esther is. Um, I love being able to bring in books that people don't regularly talk about a whole lot. Um, Esther is one of my favorites. Ruth, I could talk about all day. That's my girl. Yes, I love me some Ruth. Oh my gosh, she is so great. Yes. Um, more celebrations. Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. So who would like to do that one? Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. Don't jump all at once, guys. 15, 1 through 10? Yes, please. Then drew near to him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes murmured, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. And he spoke this parable to them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, does not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he has found it, he lies it, lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you, that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repents, more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. How far did you say? Ten. Either what woman, having ten pieces of silver, if she loses one piece, does not light a candle and sweep the house, and seek diligently till she find it? And when she has found it, she calls her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repents. Cool. So if you want to read the rest of the chapter, that's on you. Um, but it's all incredibly important to rejoicing and celebrating. Because um, if we focus on the first story, um, we actually have a real-life example of that. So Matt and Savannah lost Angus um, for a day because he went outside. And he is an outside cat, but it's a brand-new house, brand-new neighborhood. And he was just kind of like wandering around for a little bit. Didn't know where he was. And we were all praying that he was going to be found. And when he was, we all rejoiced. We're like, heck yes, Angus is back. We're so excited. He just went on an adventure. 
So, okay, this is good. Now he knows where he is, and he knows where he's supposed to be. It's great. So that is a literal example of finding that lost sheep. I love Angus. I don't like cats, but I like Angus. <laughs> he's my buddy. <laughs> yes. Um, or even thinking about that, that song that I love so very much. Um, you know, God leaving the 99 sheep for that one. Again, your life has purpose. Your life has meaning. You are here tonight because you had that aha moment of God wants me to be here. God wants me to be in fellowship. God wants me to celebrate. God wants me to rejoice with these people to then take it out to other people, spread it out, continue to celebrate. I also love the parable of the lost coin because a lot of times when you think of like losing money, how incredibly frustrating that can be, especially when you're like, I had it. I swear I had it. It was right here. I left it here. Oh my gosh. This is frustrating. And then the moment you lift up the couch for the fourth time and you find it underneath that pillow that you moved around another six times and it's there. Woo. That is so exciting. Oh my gosh. That is so exciting. <laughs> it's great. That is a wonderful feeling. Why not share that feeling with the people around you? Even if it's $5. $5 can go a long way. True. <laughs> yeah. Or even if it's just something or someone that meant a lot to you. You thought you lost. And they came back. Ronnie and I, right, recently in this last year, have had a lot of relationships that have been redeemed. And I would compare that story to what happened. Yeah. We lost each other. We found each other. We celebrated. <laughs> and those relationships are restored. Yeah. Which is so cool. Because God never wanted us to be divided in the first place. The enemy is the one who's trying to divide us. Yeah. Trying to pull it every which direction to say, nope, you can't have this victory. Nope, you can't have this celebration. Nope, you can't have this rejoicing. I just love that oh, the enemy hates it so much. It just makes me feel so much more powerful. I'm like, yes! Good. <laughs> um, Acts 2, again, being able to celebrate others together, being in one accord. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 16. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 16. I got you. Do it. Oh, oh I rejoice, therefore, yes. that I have confidence in you in all things. Ooh. Mm. So a lot of times when you see the word therefore, it means something important happened before it. So, in order to understand this, we got to read what happened before it. So, unfortunately, verse 13 just starts with therefore again. But we're not going to read all of 7. Um, but therefore, we have been comforted in your comfort. And we, re and we rejoiced exceedingly more for the joy of Titus, because his spirit has been refreshed by you all. 
For if in anything I have boasted to him about you, I am not ashamed. But as we spoke all things to you in truth, even so our boasting to Titus was found true. And his affections are greater for you as he remembers the obedience of you all, how with fear and trembling you received him. Therefore I rejoice that I have confidence in, uh, in you in everything. Paul says, you took care of my buddy Titus. You were in one accord with him. You took him in as your own. You were able to celebrate God's goodness together. Now I want to celebrate with you because you're living out what the word says. When I have a friend that comes to me that says that they lived out something that the word says, or they were able to stand in the faith that God told them that they had in the first place, oh my gosh, do I want to celebrate with them? That is so exciting. That is so, it's thrilling to be able to have that. Oh my gosh, it's great. The hard part comes when we've partnered too much with self-pity. And we partner too much with that self-doubt, with that bitterness, with that accusation, with envy, with jealousy. All those yucky puckies that we've been learning about. Yep, yucky puckies. I can't take that word as my own because it comes from being health. Pucky is the German word for a demon. Yep. Yep. It literally means yucky. It's an English word for yucky. <laughs> Wait, how are you saying it? Pucky? Pucky. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, so I also enjoy using that with my kids to say, oh, it's time to get rid of our yucky puckies. Because I literally say, get rid of those things that are in you that you know are not you. And then they do it. And then they're, they're, it's amazing how their demeanor changes. Most of them aren't even Christians, and they did it by themselves, which I love. It's so cool. And then we celebrate. I do that with my kids all the time. All the time. Love sneaking God into everything that we do. Yes. So how do we celebrate? There are three different versions of the word celebrate used in um, King James can't speak for other translations because I typically stick with King James and New King James and then sometimes I'll play around with some of the other ones but those are the two that I stick to the most um, the first one comes from Leviticus chapter 23 verse 32 that's another book that a lot of people don't always talk about a whole lot I like Leviticus too Leviticus chapter 23 Verse 32. You want to read it, Ronnie? 2332. Mm-hmm. It shall be to you a Sabbath of rest, and you shall afflict your souls in the ninth day of the month at evening, from evening to evening, shall you celebrate your Sabbath. Celebrate. There it is. So that word there is the uh, Hebrew word Shabbat, which is H7667. 
7-3. It means to cease, desist, rest. To cease, to rest, desist, from labor, to cease, to cause, blah, 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 blah. They repeat themselves several times. But it's all about resting. You can rest and celebrate. Yeah. On the seventh day, God rested. He celebrated what he created by resting. It's okay to say, hey, I've accomplished all these really cool things, and I'm going to celebrate by just <sighs> sitting with you. That's it. It's not crazy. It's not complicated. You're allowed to rest. Say it again. The word says that you are allowed to rest. Mm. Yes. It's great. All right, Leviticus chapter 23, verse 41. You want to do it again, Ronnie, because you're already there? Okay. Okay. <laughs> and you shall keep it a feast to the Lord seven days in the year. It shall be a statute forever in your generations. You shall celebrate it in the seventh month. All right, celebrate. This word is chagag. H2287. It means to hold a feast, hold a festival, make pilgrimage, keep a pilgrim feast, celebrate, dance, stagger, to keep a pilgrim feast, to reel, to move in a circle, specifically to march in a sacred procession, to observe a festival, implication, to be giddy. Yeah. Yes. Huh? Yes. Celebrate. Let's have a party. Let's fellowship together. Let's dance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chelsea, let's dance. Let's do it. And anyone who ever tells me that they can't dance, that is the biggest lie the enemy has ever told you. Oh my gosh. He doesn't want you to celebrate. Move your body. Yes. Go ahead. Yes. And something I love about Leviticus is that these are the commandments specifically for the Levites, which were the priests of the time. So, unfortunately, I have met churches that don't let you dance. And I say, read Leviticus, because it just told you to, right there. And I'm sorry that they're missing out on that joy. Because this is, woo, there's so much freedom in dancing. I don't care if you're good. I don't care if you do weird movements. I just let it out. The word says so. All right. <clears throat> now I'm just picturing all these priests like <laughs> dancing around just having a good time. Yes. All right. Isaiah 38, 18. Yes. Are you going to read it, Elijah? Awesome. Isaiah 
dead cannot praise you. They cannot raise their voices in praise. Those who go down to the grave can no longer hope in your faithfulness. Is it through? That's it. How is that? Is it? Yeah, go ahead. It says only the living can praise you as I do today. Good. And each generation tells you of your faithfulness. <clears throat> cool. So celebrating in there is the Hebrew word halal. H1984. To shine. To shine. To uh, flash forth light. To praise. To boast. To be boastful. To be boastful. Boastful ones. Boasters. To praise. Um, to be made praiseworthy. Be commended. Uh, be worthy of praise. Make uh, uh, glory. Make one's boast. To make a fool of. Make into a fool. Act madly. Act like a madman. Yeah, I love the faces I'm getting right now. God said go crazy. If you are excited and you are celebrating, whether it's him, yourself, or other people, he says act like a madman. Jasmine. Whoa. Oh. Oh. <laughs> God says there is so much freedom in letting it all go. Let it go. Let it go. Yeah, let it go. Let it go. I mean, we're not of this world. Why act like it? Oh. Say that again, please. Yeah, seriously. If you are not of this world and you truly believe it, then stop acting like a person of this world. Everyone's going to think you're crazy. And it's going to be great. Oh, it's going to be so good. Your papa's going to be so proud of you. Go ahead. Act like a madman. All those people are going to say, what does she got going on? One of my favorite things was one of my roommates from college was a very on-the-fence believer about literally every religion in the world. Um, And... Ronnie laughs because he remembers her. And uh, she, very sweet girl, very curious about a lot of things. And there was one particular time when I was just kind of folding laundry in my room in our apartment. She walks by and just comes in and says, Kate, why are you so happy all the time? And I said, God loves me. She kind of gives me a look like, girl, please. Like, what? Like, why are you happy all the time? And I said, no, seriously, God loves me. And we were able to open up that conversation of, yeah, everyone knows that I believe what I believe because I'm not afraid to show it. I'm not afraid to act like a madman for one of my roommates who has no idea who God really is to even take notice to say, girl, what do you have that I need in my life? How many other people are like that in this world? You can find them literally everywhere. Go out on my porch. Take a look around my neighborhood. They're out there. Okay. She's going to take a look. Yes. So act crazy. You're allowed to. Another way that we can make sure that we are celebrating... um, is knowing what the other person's love language is. 
And sometimes their love language changes because they grow. Nothing wrong with that. It happens. And sometimes the way they receive love and the way they give love are also different to you. And that's okay also. So if you are familiar with the, uh, the five love languages, I really enjoyed that book. Um, I don't hold on to it as doctrine because it's not the word. But I enjoyed what I learned from it. So there are uh, five love languages. There's words of affirmation. There's quality time. There's physical touch. There's giving and receiving gifts. And the acts of service. So if I know that my friend Monica loves physical touch and loves being able to be with people in that way, giving hugs, giving high fives, having someone rubber back, oh my gosh, then I want to make sure that I do that. And in fact, that the moment when she was singing that prophetic word, God said, go hold on to her back because she needs it right now. And I was like, okay, let's do it. Because I know that's what she loves. And I want to celebrate with her that she stepped out and was faithful and sang that song. Hey, girl. Yes. Love, love, love it. That was excellent. Oh, my gosh. God is so proud. Yeah. And you did it. Gracefully. Don't let the enemy tell you otherwise because it was gracefully. Thank you. It was gracefully because you give me that look like, oh, I know. Oh, I know. Yes. Yes. So I knew that you needed that at that time. Because God told me to. I was obedient. And oh my gosh, it was great. It was perfect to what was going on in the room at that time. Us again being in one accord. Us again being able to celebrate together. To um, go back to that original definition uh, I told you guys of 1 Corinthians 12, 26. Um, When someone in the body of Christ undergoes a negative experience, everyone in the body experiences it. When someone in the body is celebrated, they are clothed in splendor because they belong to God. Everyone in the body takes part in that person's joy, and we all thrive. I mean, I felt like we all thrived tonight. We were thriving. We were in one accord. Yeah. So, how do we receive the celebrations? Because that can be hard, too. It can be sometimes easier to give and say, yes, way to go. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that with me. I'm so excited. But God also said, yeah, it's your turn. Let's celebrate you. How do I receive that? What does that look like? What does that feel like? Uh, Matthew 13, 23. He who received seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. If I have a seed 
and I plant it, and I water it, and I love on it, and pray over it, what's going to happen to the seed? It's going to grow. Something that I adore this time in my life right now um, is being able to be a part of, with my beautiful friend Jasmine, our community garden that's uh, just a few blocks that way, and being able to grow our own food for the very first time, which I think is really exciting because uh, both of us kind of have been overcoming fears in doing that. Um, Jasmine more on the nature side, me on the more of like the failing side of like, oh, there's food and I'm responsible for it and I don't know what to do. <laughs> but we've been able to love and nurture those plants and they've been able to thrive. Yes. I know. If you want to see my firstborn tomatoes, they're over there. They're beautiful. They are. Oh, magnificent. Yes. I've been showing them off to everybody. <laughs> but I've been able to receive that celebration when people say, way to go, Kate, that's awesome. Because I am proud of myself. At, we planted those back in May, late May. Yeah. Yeah. And now, and now they're coming into fruition, so it takes patience. Yeah. It, it takes a lot of patience. <laughs> <laughs> from them being you know, these little itty bitty things to, I mean, those our tomato plants are enormous. Oh my gosh. I'll have to show you pictures. They are enormous. And it took a long time for us to be like, all right, we're doing what God told us to do. All right. Where is it going to go from here? I don't know. But being able to see it come out like that. And then being able to share that with you guys and you sharing with me. Oh, yes. I'm ready to receive that. I'm ready to celebrate. I'm ready to make salad for you guys. It's going to be good. Yes. Because <laughs> it was absolutely made with love. Oh, man, I have prayed over this plant so very much. Um, Luke chapter 9, verse 5. Yes, girl. Yes, girl. Whosoever would not receive you when you go out of that city, shake off the very dust from your feet for a testimony against them. Yep, that's it. So I will say that. Um, Taylor Swift doesn't have everything right in her life, which is fine because God still loves her. But shake it off, let it go. It happens. <laughs> Not everyone's going to want to celebrate with you. Maybe they're stuck in comparison. Maybe they're stuck in bitterness. Maybe they're just stuck in whatever. That's fine. It happens. It happens to ourselves. Believe me. Um, this last year, I'm going to be very vulnerable with you guys. This last year was very, very challenging for me because the last time I taught this, um, Ronnie and I actually had just found out that we were pregnant. And I taught this probably two or three weeks after that. And we were actually terrified because... We were very recently married, and 
living in a small apartment with our two crazy dogs thinking, oh my gosh, how are we going to do this? And we lived in so much fear and ended up finding out um, the very next month that we actually had a miscarriage. And that was devastating. And it just, it wrecked me. And it has been very challenging for me to not compare myself to a lot of the friends that we have that are new parents. That's really, really hard. Because I want to celebrate this brand new life. Yes. God, thank you so much for creating this child in your image to bring joy to this world. And yet, Ronnie and I still only have our dogs. It's been hard. It's been so hard. Um, and if we went full term, that child actually would be probably about the same age as McKinley. So I know that me personally, and I've repented to them, so they know this, but they, I had a hard time when I found out that Nathan and Madison were pregnant also. Um, because I wanted it so badly. And I had a hard time celebrating them. And I had a hard time even just telling people. Because it just hurt so much. Um, but I was sitting in self-pity. I was sitting in comparison. I was sitting in uh, judgment, envy, jealousy. I was sitting in all of those things. And it's been quite a journey to be like, screw that. Just because the enemy got one doesn't mean he got all. Right. <laughs> we learn from that trial. We learn from that tribulation. And in this last year, even though it's been challenging, our relationship has gotten stronger because of that. Yeah. I feel like I can honestly say that I love you more every day. I do. And not that we needed that trial or that tribulation, but because it happened, we said, no, it stops here. That spirit of death is not on us anymore. It's gone. We are free from this, and we're ready to move on. And God has, has told us separately and together that we are going to bless many children in this world whether they're going to be biologically ours, whether they are adopted by us, whether we foster them, whether we are just out in the community with them. But just because the enemy took one does not mean he has taken all. (laughs) So, if you find yourself falling into comparison, I will pull you up by your bootstraps and say, not today. No more. It's dumb. And a big old waste of your time. Alright, Psalm 19, 14. Awesome. Authority of the Lord is my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. This is one of my favorite verses. Um, this one in particular, when I rededicated my life back in college, um, I had started 
this um, girls' Bible study, and I had no idea what I was doing, but God said do it anyway. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> equipped me because I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and we always came back to this verse. Um, and it's something that has just kind of stuck with me. So thinking about the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart, be acceptable in your sight. If God doesn't want you to say it, think it, or do it, it is not acceptable in his sight. (laughs) But we've looked over and over and over again. God says celebrate. He doesn't say think about celebrating. He doesn't say, you know, maybe tomorrow. He says now. Why wait? So let my words be life. Let my meditations of my heart bring joy. Always. So that they are acceptable in your sight. Are we going to struggle sometimes? Duh. But if we're all together working together, loving each other together, pulling each other up when we need to, we can come back together in one accord. (sighs) Sometimes you just got to (sighs) breathe. I do that with my kids too, because sometimes they just give me this look like, I don't want to breathe right now. (laughs) I'm like, no, we're going to do it, and we're going to do it loud, and it's going to be obnoxious, and you're going to love it. And that's them acting like madmen. And then they realize how much fun it is. And they're like, okay, I'm just kind of fun. I'll just um, do it over here now. Bye. Um, but it's so fun to just let it out. Um, even just thinking about Hebrew words, yah, sounds silly, but it literally means to praise, to bring praise. Yah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And if you think about a lot of the Hebrew words all throughout the Old Testament, how a lot of them have that ah sound in them, which meant literally every time you said that word or that person's name, you are bringing praise to God. Yeah. See, now you guys are going to think about it. Which is why I love listening to babies babble and them just kind of like making up all kinds of words because they say yah all the time. Because nothing in their brain has been tainted. They just bring praise. That's why I love working with kids. They get it, man. They celebrate. Oh, they get it. Yes. Anyone who is coming into this kingdom that sees it like a kid, you got it. Also, kids dancing is also one of my favorite things. I'm kind of doing like the whole like Charlie Brown Christmas scene where everyone's kind of like flopping their arms around. And they just have a great time. They're acting like madmen. They're dancing. They're having a good time. They're with everybody. Oh, it's so good. It's so, so good. So that's what I've got. You are not allowed to leave here tonight without writing something on that testimony wall. There are way too many things for us to celebrate in this world that God has done for you either today, in the last 10 minutes, yesterday, in the last week. You are not allowed to leave here until you write one thing down. And I will be looking, too. 
because Ronnie and I live here and I read those every day because sometimes I need that encouragement to fall out of that comparison, to fall out of that bitterness, to just read it and say, ah, oh, yes, check out my friend who did this cool thing. Check out my friend who got to rest after having four 12-hour shifts. Yes. Yay. <laughs> yeah. So um, I just want to pray. Woo. Thank you, Papa, so much that you are so incredibly good. Thank you that we can celebrate you. We are allowed to celebrate ourselves, that we can celebrate others. We just want to pray against all comparison, all bitterness, all judgment, all envy, all jealousy. All of those yucky puckies are not welcome here. They must be left at the door. We are in one accord, and we have proven that over and over and over again tonight. And I thank you so much that your Holy Spirit has been here to guide us in that direction, and that is towards you. Thank you that we have been clothed in your righteousness, and we are here to thrive. We are here to move forward. We are here to move as one body. No matter what your part looks like, it is important. We want to give you all the honor, glory, and praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.